All right, Mama. So excited to be here with you and so excited to continue our talk on attachment parenting. Woo, hot topic, hot topic alert. Watch out. This is a big one in culture today. And we started unpacking what it's all about, uh, shedding some light on it. And I really encourage you to go back and listen to the last episode so you can be fully caught up. You need both parts of the conversation to really understand the context of what we're talking about, where we're going. And the beauty of this is it really combines uh, both si- both series that we're going through right now. We're going through simultaneously a series on discipline where I really hope to equip you and uh, shed some light on what culture is saying about discipline and and how we can compare that to what the Bible says. And, and then simultaneously, we're going through a series on mom guilt because I just want to help you feel encouraged along the way. Discipline can be a heavy subject and it can be hard to work through these mentalities we have uh, received without knowing it sometimes and, and shift. So I want to lend some encouragement and help you see that this mom guilt is not something that you have to live in. It's not God's intention for you. And uh, the cool thing about attachment parenting is as we dive in, we can see both sides. We can see how it's uh, taken us down the wrong path of discipline. And we'll, we'll unpack that more a little bit today, but more in the future. Um, And then we can also see in a big way how this has majorly impacted the mom guilt that we feel. And really like after learning about this and um, really seeing it with these fresh eyes, I get it now. Like I get why mom guilt is so pervasive. And now I know, like I already knew the social media thing was big, but looking at it now uh, with this, it's like, oh my goodness, this just makes so much sense. So I'm excited for you just to have some knowledge to kind of back uh, your fight against the guilt, the ungodly guilt that is not for you. And so uh, I hope that you are refreshed by this and equipped and inspired and you're ready to charge the hill and do things God's way because his ways are always better. You can always trust him for that. So I'm excited. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. Okay, now another one that comes up, uh, this number five is ensure safe sleep physically and emotionally. So what he prescribes with this is that we are to co-sleep with our children and that is how we help them be healthy. That is the way to form a healthy attachment is to sleep with them and to not let them cry. Um, you know, there's a lot of sleep training methods out there. Some are more extreme than others, but I believe that he would not adhere to any of them because attachment parenting would be to respond to every need of your child. And so you don't ever allow them to cry. You need to go and respond immediately to this. Now, I know there's some people that feel pretty strongly on this point. And so my challenge to you as you listen is 
where is the foundation of that belief? Like what makes you feel so strongly about that, that you feel that people that don't follow what you do are harming their child. And that's where the, the problem comes in. If you don't want to sleep train, if you know, any form of it, right? There's a lot of different ways to sleep train these days. Like there's very gentle approaches. There's, there's a lot of different methods for it that really, um, can be pretty simple. But if you decide to co-sleep and not do any of that, you know, that is your choice. But to, to judge others that choose differently and to view them as harming their children and disrespecting their children, that is where the problem really comes in. Now, I, I'm pretty passionate on my side of it that I really do believe strongly in sleep training. You might have heard me talk about it before. And, you know, with me, I have always... you've. Uh, again, probably heard me talk about the taking care of babies program. I love it. It's been amazing for my kids. It's been so simple. It really, for us, didn't even involve that much crying because we started at such a young age. It's really just getting them on that routine and that schedule. And it's so life-giving, but it doesn't really matter in my book, like what you used, how much crying was involved. It doesn't matter. I believe that to be a healthy mother, you need your sleep. You need to get that sleep. Like how are you going to be present with your kids? How are you going to have patience for them if you are sleep deprived, right? And even studies have shown that being sleep deprived is just as bad as like drunk driving. (laughs) So it's, it's like physically dangerous. And, you know, I mean, if you look too at the language he's using, um, ensure safe sleep physically and emotionally. Now, if co-sleeping means that's like to him, the definition of safe sleep, I think there's a problem there too, because now this is not, I believe, the only view that we need to take into account, because I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong in the beginning, early days with co-sleeping. I know a lot of parents that do it when they're nursing their tiny little babies, but there's also studies that have shown that like babies can die from co-sleeping, right? So again, I don't think we need to live in fear. I don't believe that. And I think every parent is different. I personally could never do it because for me, it was fear. I had a lot of postpartum anxiety and then I just, I don't know, I just could never even think about, you know, having the possibility of that happen. But all that to say, like, you can't have this be the only definition of safe sleep. I don't think that works. And you can again begin to see how this has webbed itself into mom culture and caused some of this mom guilt and this, you know, mentality of, well, how many times did you get up last night? Right. And it's like this badge of honor. And it's like this mentality of if you sleep train, well, I'm here judging you for doing that. Now, again, I know not everyone's like that. I know that. And I, I, I don't want to say that, but I believe the extremes of it are there. And I believe that because this is the root of where beliefs are founded, we're going to have some of that mentality in us if we're not careful. And so if you have decided never to sleep train and to only co-sleep, there's probably a piece of you that maybe you've never spoken it out, but you feel this, well, my children are going to be better than your children. Otherwise, you wouldn't have gone through all of this, right? You wouldn't have like gone through having to go sleep and not letting them cry ever and all these things. Now, also, part of why I feel so strongly on this point 
uh, is because I believe not only are we healthy mothers when we get sleep, but our marriages, I mean, come on, how do you have a healthy marriage when you're co-sleeping? That is a big question I pose. Now, I know some people make it work, but you know, there is a big uh, problem that is in the bed when you have a baby there or a child there, and it creates a lot of struggles. So those are my thoughts. I kick my babies out at four months. They go to their room um, from the bassinet that is in our room and they go to their room and it's bliss. I mean, not quite yet usually, but we get there. And, but honestly, like that, that separation, like in some of people, when they talk about this and attachment is, uh, they say to tap in, you, you need to tap back into your mothering instincts. Now, I don't know, maybe I'm broken, but I don't have mothering instincts that make me want to wake up a hundred times a night and have an infant and baby and child in my room all the time that, um, you know, makes it so I can barely, uh, go to the bathroom because I'm worried about waking them or even rolling over in bed. Have you ever felt that when you're having to share a room? Gosh, it's so stressful. So I don't have those mothering instincts. I don't believe that's what mothering instincts need to look like, but the way that people talk about these things and this, the way that this, these belief systems have infiltrated culture is that it makes it so, and even like there's some mom guilt there, right? It makes it so you think like, well, I don't have those instincts. Maybe there's something wrong with me, right? No, there's not. There's not. Now, I'm going to speak before I go on for a minute. Those of you that have chosen to follow these guidelines, I do challenge you to figure out why you believe those. Hold them to the light of the scripture. Talk to your leaders about them, right? Don't let me be the only voice. But I do want to say like, you are welcome here. Just because I have different beliefs on this than you does not mean you shouldn't still be part of this community. It does not mean you have to throw me out, right? Cancel culture, like, oh, I don't believe that. So let's just cancel her. And I get that feeling because I've had that moment with people where um, I've been challenged by something they believe. And I have this instinct to just want to cancel them because that's, again, where our culture is at. And my challenge is you to stick around. It's okay if we have different beliefs. I, I, yeah, again, I challenge you to hold those to the light of the Bible. But if you land in the same place, that's okay. Please stick around. Like, I love you here. And we need uh, these healthy discussions. And here's the thing. This is a non-essential. This is not uh, decide if you are a follower of Jesus. This is not a non-negotiable part of our faith. So it's okay. Hey, we are united in the body of Christ. So I hope that you feel at home here still, no matter what you believe, even if it's different from me. Okay, but to get to the most harmful part of uh, what Dr. Sears talks about. And uh, yeah, it just makes me so angry. <laughs> so it says that his version of attachment parenting, what he says will happen if people do not follow this, if the child is not met with the parent's responsiveness to his level, what he says, then the consequence is that they're going to develop reactive attachment disorder. Now, I know most of you are not therapists, so you don't know the context of what this means, but um, essentially it's a psychotic, psychiatric condition described as markedly disturbed and developmentally inappropriate social relatedness in young children. So it's like a very, very extreme diagnosis. Like you would never want to flippantly 
diagnose someone with this. I have never met a child with this, and I have worked in some really intense settings. It is super extreme. In fact, the article that I was reading about said that um, RAD, which is what the name is for short, is usually a result of very severe physical and emotional deprivation. So kids like, for example, that were institutionalized, like orphans in Romanian orphanages, these are the children that would have this, that they grew up without any physical or emotional contact with people for years. And he's threatening that if you don't, I mean, essentially it's a threat, right? That if you don't follow this protocol, if you don't respond to your child, this is what it's going to lead to. They're going to develop this. They will never function properly in society. I mean, they're cognitively delayed. They don't have any healthy relationships with anyone. Like, it doesn't even, if you like fully understood this diagnosis, you would know this doesn't even make sense. Like, honestly, after reading this article, I'm like, I need to read this book because I don't even understand how he would get from this point, what he was saying, to this conclusion because it's so extreme and ridiculous. But if you look at it, I think that a lot of us can see this mentality in culture right now. Because there's this belief that if you let your baby, your child cry, that it's it's going to delay them cognitively. It's going to affect them, their ability to attach to people, right? To, to form healthy relationships. If you don't breastfeed long enough, if you don't breastfeed at all, it's going to affect their ability to form these healthy relationships, to be this high functioning person we all want our kids to be. So now you can understand more of why mom guilt is so pervasive. This is one of the reasons. There's many. I mean, social media is a big one too, among other things. But but looking at this, it's so clear. Like this is the core of a huge chunk of mom guilt, of feeling like you're never good enough, of feeling you have to be this perfect mother, uh, have to do all of these things completely right in order to raise an even remotely healthy child. And this is where this comes from. So you got to be careful what you're basing your beliefs in. Every belief comes from somewhere. And as Christ followers, we need every one of our beliefs to be rooted in the word of God. There's no other way to live. And it's just so crazy too, just reading this article because it's just, I have felt this for so long, but it seemed like everyone in the science world was just pointing to this, or at least really, we're not listening to people in the science world too much. We're mostly listening to influencers and these supposed experts that that go on about this kind of discipline and this kind of parenting. But if it's all based in this, we know it's not sound. And uh, I, I just love what this article said. And I just want to read it verbatim because I thought it was so sensible and powerful. Okay, it says, attachment theory. This is from the same website, parentingforbrain.com. It says, attachment theory asserts that when a primary caregiver is consistently and appropriately responsive and sensitive to their child's need in early experiences, secure attachments develops. So this is attachment theory. So it's saying that if you're consistent and, a, and you're appropriately responsive, not that you don't never miss a cue, not that you ever never get it wrong, not that you're perfect, right? Because that's impossible and silly. 
You know, there was another uh, theorist that I learned about when I was becoming a marriage and family therapist, and this is Winnicott, and he had this idea of the good enough mother, and I love this. It's this mother that's good enough, not perfect. She misses things. She loses it sometimes. She has her own struggles. There are things, but she is good enough, and that is what it takes to raise a healthy kid is a good enough mother. And especially when we rely on the strength of God, that's all we need. We're, we're good enough. And then the article goes on. It says, attachment parenting championed by Dr. Sears in his book, however, does not represent the scientific view of attachment. No later research shows that the recommended methods represent the appropriate amount of responsiveness of the caregiver. Oh, I love when science just backs up like sensible parenting. It just is so refreshing. And it goes on. It says the goal of healthy attachment forming so that our children will develop secure relationships with us. So the goal of healthy attachment formation is so that we'll have this closeness, this secure relationship. It says extreme measures are not necessary to achieve that moderation, common sense, and consideration of your own circumstances should be used to strike a balanced life and the best use of the attachment experience. So even if you're not a baby wearing or having skin to skin contact around the clock or you don't co-sleep with them in the same bed, as long as you're responsive and sensitive to their emotional needs consistently, the secure attachment will still form. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Like, let us rejoice over this article because here's the thing. This is something I already knew. This is something I already believed, but the world has gone mad over this idea of attachment and what that looks like. And, and we, whether we admit it or not, the extremes are in our mind. And really all of this, why I, I feel so strongly about it too, is I really believe it takes us out of God's intention for order. We talk about it all the time, but first and foremost, we are children of God. That is who we are. That is our first calling. That's what we need to prioritize above everything. After that, we are wives. And then after that, we are mothers. But when we feel like we have to respond to the child's every little need and we never miss a cue and we do everything so they never cry and they're never upset and they're never alone. Like how are we supposed to show up as children of God and how are we supposed to show up as wives? Let alone like what are we doing to our kids when they feel like the world revolves around them? And let me tell you, that is what parenting these days, modern parenting mentalities are doing is making our kids feel like the world revolves around them because that is what's happening to them. Their parents run circles around them to make sure everything is taken care of. Okay, now I need to slow down for a minute because I know some of you that are listening might relate to some of this. Maybe you have believed some of this. Maybe you have done some of this. And hey, I get it. I believe this for a long time too. And I know I already kind of spoke to this, but I just want to remind you, it's okay. And it's okay if you're listening. Remember I said this is going to be maybe uncomfortable for some of you. You're having to shift some ways that you've seen things. You're having to rethink things and, and, and doing that is always uncomfortable and painful. And so I just want to say, Hey, no shame at all to you. If that is where you've been, 
that's, that's okay. And you know what? Here's the thing is I know your heart. I know it was out of love. I know you're trying your very best to love your kids. And that's why this stuff is so makes me angry. And just, I get passionate is because like, I know the heart behind every mom is to love her kid the best way possible. And so if we think the only way to do that is to go through all of these hoops. And if we miss a hoop, we're not going to love them well. Oh my gosh. Talk about pressure. We can't live like that. That's not what we're called to. So, hey, if that's you, I want you right now to not feel shame, but to feel freedom. To say, whoa, man, I understand why this was so hard now. I can see the pressure I put on myself. I can see why this drove me crazy and I was miserable in this season of motherhood. Or maybe you weren't miserable, but you can see how it pulled you away from who God was calling you to be or pulled you away from your marriage and you prioritize your kids above your husband, which can be so, so easy to do. So I just want you to take a breath, feel the freedom, feel the free air that's waiting for you on the other side of where you can see clearly about what's going on, about, about why you've been feeling this and why you've been doing the things you're doing and, oh, God is good and his freedom is beautiful. Remember this, the whole start of this podcast, if you ever listened to one of the first episodes, all about that verse about wide open spaces. Actually, let me, let me look it up and read it because I want to remind you of this. It's so good. It says, it's 2 Corinthians 6, 11 through 13. You've probably heard it. It's such an amazing, it's the message paraphrase. It's just so powerfully written. It says, dear, dear Corinthians, I say, dear, dear mamas, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. And I believe when we bring all of our beliefs into the light, and we hold them against the truth of God's word, and we figure out what is the root, where did these come from? Can this be trusted? We get to find that expansive life. We, we throw off the lies, we throw off the ungodly guilt, and we step into the freedom that God has for us. Now, motherhood's always gonna be hard. Freedom doesn't mean that it's easy and it's beautiful meadow. Like there's, there is that, but there's also, you gotta till the ground and you gotta do the work, but It's not this trapped in box of perfection and of never, ever being able to do enough to be a good enough mother. So I hope this episode, I hope reflecting on what is happening in our culture has freed you from some of the confines that have been trying to hold you down. And I'm believing that God right now is setting you free. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it holds everything that we need to live the lives we're called to live, God. I thank you that you have abundance waiting for us. I thank you that you have freedom waiting for us, God. And and those lies have nothing to do with that, God. Your intentions and calling for us as mothers have nothing to do with this perfectionistic, unrealistic thinking, God. But you have so much more for us, God. And so, God, I just pray that everyone listening, God, would just feel that freedom right now. God, I rebuke any shame that would they would 
feel the need to pull upon themselves, God. And I just say, God, that they are freed in the name of Jesus, God, and that they would see clearly with fresh eyes what you're calling them to do as mothers, what you're calling them to be. And I just pray there would be a new uh, refreshment in that, God, that they would they would experience joy again and not feel caught up in these lies and not feel caught up in feeling like they can never be good enough, God. I just pray you would speak truth to each mama that's listening right now, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing a work, God, and we trust you to complete that work in us, God. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, mama. If you've found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.